Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I get a break, and that is true, uh, but that's not why it's my favorite month of all, all the years. I love preaching. I love to hear the Word, and uh, so what we try to do every June, uh, I, I think this is a healthy model. I think every, every church ought to do this, and I talk about it everywhere I go because it does give the, the senior pastor a break, but it also does something else. I'm not the only voice. I'm scared when uh, we were talking this morning as pastoral staff. I'm I'm scared when people skip because the senior pastor isn't going to preach. If I'm your own, the only voice in your life, you are in deep trouble. You need other voices. I need other voices. And so each June, I have the privilege of bringing people in. I used to disappear on these weekends, um, but over the years, it's kind of morphed into this thing where I don't want to miss. Uh, this is some of the best preaching you get all year long, and so I'm excited this morning. Let me tell you about our guest speaker this morning. I'm so excited that he's here. Let me just give you a little background. Uh, Tal played on a basketball team called Oklahoma City Knights, and so as he began to play his senior year there, we walked into a game, and there was this guy that walked in, and I didn't know he was part of the, the organization until he went to sit on the bench as a, an assistant coach. All I knew was that he was a sharp dresser. I mean, like, he dresses like I used to try to dress. Some of y'all don't believe that, um, but in my younger days, I had white suits and cream suits and white shoes, and y'all don't even know. Y'all don't even, y'all don't, that, I quit, I quit. I, I understand, I, I had royal blue suits, I had the whole deal, I, oh yeah, and then I got delivered, and... Uh, because I, I, I had to walk in my own anointing and gifting and couldn't wear somebody else's armor. But uh, anyway, uh, Coach Nick was on the, on the bench. And interestingly enough, as we began to dialogue, I, I really sensed a kindred spirit. And lo and behold, didn't know this at the time. Uh, some of you were here last summer when uh, Pastor Jonathan Hill came over from Church Ablaze. I did not know that Coach Nick was also a part of Church of Blaze. They have a, a what is called a plurality, a plur, I'm a plurality of elders uh, that minister and lead that church, and he happens to be one of them. And so this morning, our guest speaker on Pentecost Sunday, believe it or not, and you'll, they'll appreciate that fact here in just a moment when I try to pronounce his wife's name because you all going to think I'm speaking in tongues. Uh, uh, our guest speaker this morning is uh, Nick Ellis. And uh, his wife, okay, here we go. I'm going to give you the interpretation, too, because he told me what the interpretation is. Ayatali, hey, interpreted meaning baby. That's what he said. He said he calls her baby. I can't get away with that. So I, uh, we're so delighted to have their whole, we're, we're so delighted to have their whole family with us. Would you please do me a huge favor as your pastor? Would you do this for me? Would you give our guest speaker and one of our voices this year, uh, Nick Ellis, as he comes to deliver the word to us, would you give him a huge Passion Church welcome? Love you, man. Take your liberties. Do altar call any way you want to, and you can turn it back to me when you're finished. Yes, sir. 
I'm looking at you because you're looking at me. And you're wondering, is he going to say anything today? And I'm wondering, are you going to pray for me? <laughs> so if you pray, hopefully God will say something. Father, thank you for this opportunity. We do not take it for granted. But you've been so good and so kind and so gracious to us to allow us another opportunity to even don the steps of your sanctuary. For that, God, we say thank you. God, we are not arrogant to say that we have been absent from sin. We stand in your presence, Lord, and we ask that you would forgive us of all sin, transgression, and iniquity. Purge us that we may be clean. Wash us that we may be whiter than snow. Let nothing done here today would be vain repetition. But as we lift praise and worship to your holy and righteous name, it would be a sweet smell in your nostrils. Oh, Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, your peace, your joy, your understanding, your wisdom, your long-suffering, your patience with us. Thank you for being a merciful God. Now, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for ears right now. Unblock ears that they may hear your word. Teal the soil of the heart that the seed of your word may take root ready our hearts our minds and our spirits for what you have for us on today i pray for the angel of this house lord bless pastor ely now in the name of jesus i pray a protection about his mind lord and about his heart father cover him right now in the name of jesus strengthen your servant. I pray for his wife, God, now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for her obedience to you. God, continue to give her everything she stands in need of. Cover her on every side. I pray for his entire family, Lord. Bless them as you have always done. Now I pray for everyone that is under the sound of my voice. God, you know what we need. You know what we stand in need of. All I ask, Lord, is simply do it. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, let your word go out. May it not return unto you void. Use your servant. I can't do this without you. I won't do it without you. So when I end this prayer, Lord, I'm going to sit down and you stand up and say what you need to say to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give God a hand clap of praise? That's cute, but I said God, not me. The one that woke you up this morning. The all-sufficient one. The all-sustaining one. He is worthy of every ounce of your praise.
and we intend to give it to them. Um, Pastor Eli, again, I thank you for this awesome opportunity to uh, do what I have been called to do. It is my purpose in life. I am not good at many things. And so I thank God that he gave me the gift to be able to administer his word and the opportunity to be able to administer his word. I'm grateful to you that you will have to endure it. So ready yourselves. So let's do a litmus test real quick. When I do like this, say amen. amen. All right. Now, if you say amen, then I feel like you get it. If you're quiet and look at me and don't say anything, then I feel like you're not getting it. And it makes me go longer. Because I'm going to go until you get it. So if you look at me and say, and I say, okay, we're moving on. But if you don't look at me and you don't say anything, then I'll press. Because I got plenty of notes. And I can go for three, four. I've never tested it, but we can try. It's okay, laugh. It's okay, Lord Jesus. But truly, I'm excited. My family is here. My wife at Yonderly. Uh, translation of her name means my joy has come home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Every time I look at her, I just say, thank you. God loved me so much that he blessed me. My sons are here. Uh, Jedediah, who's here. Jeremiah, the oldest one. Josiah and Nicholas II. He was a surprise. And... I named him Nicholas to cut off the lineage. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I love them dearly, and they, they are the reason I do what I do. And um, I'm just grateful for this opportunity. Let's go to the Word. Uh, Matthew chapter 4. And... Be honest with you, I really like the dialogue between Matthew, uh, Mark, and Luke in this particular passage. And I might be jumping back and forth, back and forth, just so that you can hear some of the different uh, perspectives of what is transpiring. Do you have it? Say, I got it, Nick. If you don't say, hold up, I'm still scrolling. I don't really get to hear pages turn anymore. Matthew chapter 4 says like this. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days... And 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. How many of you know that if you don't eat nothing for 40 days and for 40 nights, you will be hungry? Some of you are hungry right now. Thinking about that roast or chicken that's in the oven or, Lord, my, my, my wife is making some kind of lamb something. And so my mind is on it. Y'all forgive me. And when the tempter came, 
He said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, for it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up to the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said, if thou be the son of God, cast down, cast thyself down. And Jesus said, for it is written. For he, no, for Satan said, for it is written, if, sh if he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, for it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I like King James, y'all forgive me. And again. The devil taking him up to an exceedingly high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said to him, all these things I give to thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. For a few minutes today, I just want to talk, uh, if I have to use a title, Operating Under the Influence of the Holy Spirit. Operating Under the Influence of of the Holy Spirit. Here uh, in, in our text today, the first word you see in chapter 4 is then. But in order to get the then, you got to go back a little bit to see what was transpiring. And so what happened before was Jesus has come from Nazareth to Galilee. And he's coming because the Bible says in uh, in uh, John, First John, John. I'm sorry, not First John. John one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by Him, without Him, was not anything made that was made, and. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. I said all that just to get to John. John has been in the wilderness calling, preaching the same sermon every Sunday. Repent! Repent! Turn away! Come to God. And He's in the wilderness and people are running to the wilderness to be baptized by John the Baptist. Well, one day John is baptizing them, telling everyone about the one in whom is coming. And lo and behold, Jesus shows up. And immediately, because if you go 
travel back before you you remember the story of Jesus when he was born or before he was born Elizabeth and, and Mary got together and the Bible says when they met each other for the for the when uh, uh, Elizabeth was pregnant and Mary showed up it says uh, 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 Elizabeth's uh, baby who was John leaped in her womb and that was the first time that Jesus and John had encountered each other but this is the second time and immediately John knows who he is. And John says, hold up, wait a minute. I'm baptizing people and telling them to repent from sin, but you are Jesus. And you have no reason to be baptized. And he says, yes, 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 yes. Yes, I do. I, 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 I got to do this because the law says I got to do this. The prophet said, I got to do this. I have to cross every T and dot every I because somebody might say, well, Jesus was great, but he was never baptized. And so I had to go ahead and shut that little thing down and I've got to be baptized. Now, come on, John, you know this. It's why you've been in the wilderness all this time. He says, Lord, okay, I'll do it. And the Bible says that John took Jesus and baptized him and when Jesus came out of the water the Bible says that the Holy Spirit said I'm coming to this great event and the Bible says that it descended like a dove let me see uh, uh, it was it was uh, it, it was it was back then uh, that you must understand is that that dove descended on Jesus and it and, and that in the representation of the Holy Spirit and it consumed him. It overshadowed him. And then God opened up the heavens and said, y'all not going to leave me out. And now God says, I got to speak up. This is my son whom I love who I am well pleased with. And now you literally see a meeting of the Trinity on earth. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is now under full influence of the Holy Spirit. This, as we just ended, or some might still be in uh, the calls of it, we just ended our uh, graduation ceremonies. Uh, in fact, our church is at Church of Blaze. We're celebrating graduates today. This, for in no uncertain terms, is Jesus' um, graduation slash inauguration. He's getting ready to partake in his ministry. And so here it is, he gets baptized, he's now full of the Holy Spirit, and he gets the stamp of approval from daddy. And whenever it is that you are about to do a great work from God, he will fill you with his spirit, and you will get his stamp of approval. And so Jesus now has a stamp of approval. He is full of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, 
led him into the wilderness. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. It was not the devil. It was not his enemies. The Bible says the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. Some versions say desert. I come to tell you today that sometimes under the influence of the Holy Spirit, he will lead you into dry places. Ready yourself for it. In obedience to the Spirit, you can be led into the wilderness. Are y'all in here with me? Uh, 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 I think it's Psalms 23 that says, uh, the Lord is my. Yeah, and I shall not want. He maketh me, watch him, he maketh me lie down in the green pastures beside the steel waters. You, you, you see, not steel water, I'm talking about steel waters. He, so, 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 so he, he's the one, as long, he, you know, a shepherd, what do you do with a shepherd? You follow a shepherd. We're following the vision of Pastor Ely. So, so you follow the shepherd. So they're following him, and, and, and because they're following the shepherd, your great shepherd is Jesus Christ. Because you're following him, you won't want for anything. And, and he'll make you lay down in the green pastures and, and by steel waters. And if you, you just continue to read in Psalms 23, he's still following the shepherd, and at some point, he finds himself in a valley. Well, how did he get there? Following the shepherd. Following God, you can find yourself in a valley. But you have to have the right attitude in the valley. David lets them know, uh, uh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Grace and mercy are behind me. I'm good. But all the point I'm trying to make to you is that in obedience and under the spirit of God, you can be led into a valley or a dry place. Jesus is led into the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted of the devil. For a long time, I really thought Jesus went to the wilderness to fast. And while he was fasting, the devil came and tempted him. But that's not the case. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted on purpose. And while he was there, Jesus said, well, if he's going to come, I better get my flesh in order. So Jesus called a fast. And said, it's time for me to get my flesh in order. Sometimes in your life, you may have to just call a fast. You may not be able to wait till January when we're doing the Daniel fast. Okay. I guess nobody don't do the Daniel fast <laughs> at Passion Church. <laughs> so, so here it is. He calls a fast, and the Bible says, and the tempter comes. Now. Before I get to it, where it is that I'm going, I got to let you know something. That word tempt literally means to gather information to use against 
for a later attack. Y'all hear? Tempt means to gather information on to use for a later attack. The text says, and Jesus was led in the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the tempter came. He came to gather information to use against Jesus for a later attack. That's why you got to read Luke. I love Luke because the Bible says after all of the temptation had finished, he says, and the devil left him for a season. He's looking for a more opportune time. So, so let me see. Let me see if I can help you. It's James. James says uh, in James, it says, when being tempted, one cannot say that God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted, nor does he tempt anyone. But one is drug away and enticed by his own evil and lustful desires. So what it could say is, when information is being gathered upon to be used for a later attack, one cannot say that God is gathering information against me for a later attack because God cannot have information gathered against him for a later attack, nor does he gather information to attack you later. Why? Because God is omniscient. He knows everything. So he doesn't need to gather information on you. He already knows all the information about you. So it's Satan. Satan is not like God. Say that. He is not, and we give him too much power. Satan is not God's equal. Satan is a created being. He does not have power. He got kicked out. He was showing out one day, wanted God's glory. God said, I cannot have that. Why? Because where they were was eternity. And whatever happens in eternity happens for. And so he split open heaven and kicked him out and said, I can't have that. And he dropped Satan into time. And time always has an end. And so Satan has an end. And that's why he's trying to get so many people to join him. Because he knows his time is short. But Satan does not, is not like God. He is not omniscient. He does not know it all. He's not omnipresent. He's not everywhere. And he's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. In fact, when, when God was having a meeting with the sons of God, Satan showed up at the meeting and God asked a rhetorical question, where have you been, Satan? He says, I've been going to because I can't be everywhere. So I've been going. Let me see if I can get you. Oh, nope, you're not going to let me. Let me see if I can get you. Nope. Okay, moving on. Can I get? No. He's got to move on. So here's where I'm going with this. He's coming to gather information to attack you later. That's what he's doing. He's gathering information. So we, we, uh, uh, the, 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 the song, the famous song, uh, back, back when, uh, even before me, 
because I don't know, but I, I researched it. Flip Wilson said, the devil made me do it. That's not true. <laughs> the devil can't make you do anything. He doesn't have the power to. The Bible says we have our own evil and lustful desires on the inside. Paul said there is no good thing that dwells in my flesh. So what I'm trying to get you to understand, what Satan wants to do is he wants to marry his temptation with your desires. He wants them to hook up and get married and produce a child called sin. And sin, when it is full grown, it produces death. And sin doesn't want to get married to nobody. It wants to be with everybody. And so here it is. Satan is coming to Jesus to gather information. The Bible says, and after he had fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. First thing I want to tell you is that when the tempter comes to gather information, the first thing you got to understand is he is going to challenge your identity. I heard pastors say this a couple of weeks ago. You got to know your identity. Your identity is so vital when it comes to this war. You've got to know who you are. Now, what's striking to me is that he says, if you are the son of God, how did you know that? Well, in chapter 3, it just told you. God split the sky and said, this is my son. Satan was there. He heard it. But as soon as God gives you his stamp of approval, Satan is coming to question what you heard. Immediately he's coming to question you to see if you believe what you heard. Do you accept what you heard? He questions him, if you are the son of God. Now, I want to tell you that Satan is not all-powerful. He is not omnipotent He's just or omniscient. He's just very, very observant. Satan can only get what you give. He cannot get it any other way. He has to extract information from you. So he tempts to gather information. Let me see what causes him or her to jump. Does he like the girl with the short skirt? How long does he look? Does she like the guy with the bulging muscles and she can't think straight anymore? What happens if I leave $100? What will happen? And I turn my back. He tempts. And you show him what's in your heart. That's why he can't make you do anything. Because Jesus broke the power of sin over us. So 
He can't force you to do anything. If we do it, it's because we wanted to. That's it at the end of the day. I hate to say it to you, but it's the truth. We don't have to sin. He has provided a way of escape out of every situation. But we have these desires on the inside that have to be suppressed. <laughs> you have to sacrifice and kill your flesh weekly. No. <laughs> I heard a guy say, you should have a funeral every day. Flesh, die. Spirit, live. So he's coming to get information. Now, now, mind you, he's coming to Jesus, and he doesn't wait. He doesn't come to Jesus while the Trinity has a symbol. While Jesus is strengthened, he's full of the Holy Ghost right now. He's just been baptized. God has parted the skies and said, this is my boy. I love him. I'm pleased with him. Everybody saw it. He's strengthened now. Great, victorious, triumphant thing has just happened. He waits till he's alone in the desert by himself and hungry. Because we know in the Bible, one guy who, who sold his birthright, because he was hungry. Now, we could talk about a different hunger. Maybe your hunger for success will cause you to fall into the trap of temptation. Maybe your hunger to be accepted. Maybe it's your hunger for the money, for the prestige, for the power. got to control your appetite. Jesus shows us this. The tempter comes and he waits until you're weak because he was good the 39th day, the 38th day, the 35th day, the 25th day. He didn't come. But the Bible says on the 40th day, he was hungry. And at that very moment, Satan said, now is my time. And Satan comes and the tempter came and said to him, he questioned his identity. If you be the son of God, because if you don't know, you can be told. If you don't know who you are, you can be told who you are. If you don't know who you are, a situation can change who you are. A storm can change who you are. A problem can change who you are. You have to know who you are and whose you are. And we are children of the king. We are children of the Most High, El Elyon, the Most High God. We are his children. He is our father. And we are heirs in the kingdom of heaven. We have an inheritance. And so if you know that, then you'll know how to respond. Jesus, when he comes to Jesus, he says, I'm questioning your identity. If you be the son of God, I know what the son of God is able to do is what Satan is, is saying. The Son of God is able to tell these stones to turn into bread. That's what the Son of God is able to do. He questions his identity. And I want to tell you that the power is in your mouth. Listen to what he says. 
speak to the stones and they will turn into bread. That means there is power in your mouth. Satan does not mess with anyone who does not have power to change something. He doesn't waste his time. He only attacks those who have power to change something. You all are sitting here right now, and Satan is attacking you day after day. He's tempting you day after day because you have power to change. You have power to change a coworker. You have power to change a family member. You have power to encounter somebody at Walmart and change their entire life. And he doesn't want you to operate in that power. Say, I have power. I have power in my mouth. Come on, say it. Come on, say it. Your words have power. Your words carry weight. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. The biggest lie and myth I ever heard, sticks and stones, break my bones, but word will never hurt. That is a lie. That word can destroy you. A word can murder you. And we have murdered many people with our words. That's why God doesn't speak a lot. Because if it comes out of his mouth, it's law. So be careful when you say, God, speak to me. <laughs> because if he does, you better know whatever comes out, it's going to happen. It shall come to pass. So God protects you by sending you through silent seasons. God, where are you? I can't find you. I'm in this wilderness following you. God says, I got to stay silent because if I speak now, you'll miss it. So you get to learn him. Here it is. I want you to see Jesus' response. He says, command that these stones be made bread. And Jesus answered and said, for it is written. Passion Church. You have got to have a for it is written statement ready to go at all times. For it is written. Now, before you can say for it is written, you got to know it. <laughs> you can't just go spouting and not know. You got to be in it. Blessed is the man that meditates on the law of God day and night. So at least two times a day. <laughs> there ought to be some meditation, some rehearsing, some going over, some studying. At least twice. That's a good soldier of God. <laughs> at least twice a day. 
You ought to be meditating. You, you, you know, I could, I could tell you to go to Barnes & Noble and get uh, Joel Osteen's new book, How to Seven Ways to Have a Blessed Life, and da-da-da-da-da, and you can get all of these books. But I just told you how you want to be blessed. Meditate on the law of God day and night. You meditate on the law of God day and night, and you will be blessed. Simple. So you got to have your for it is written statement ready to go when he tempts. When he's coming to gather information against you. You got to have your for it is written. When sickness hits your body, you better have a for it is written statement ready to go. Here he is right here living witness. <laughs> 47 years. And then God said, okay, I needed that testimony right now to be revealed. Have your, for it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Shut that down. So the devil had to walk away. Oh, he got me on that one. So he spouts the word at me, Satan said. So look at the next temptation. Then the devil takes him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the high temple. And he says to him, if you be the son of God. Now he knows he's the son of God. He doesn't go since. He questions the identity again. Every single time he's coming to question your identity because you might have said it the first time and that's nice that you said it but do you really believe it that's what he wants to know and so the bible says he said unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down and then watch satan he's smart he's an intelligent person he quotes scripture he says, for it is written that the angels will jump down. If you jump down, the angels will come, and they won't let you hurt your foot. So get that. He's gathering information. He's gathering intel against Jesus. Okay, the first time I came, he spouted some word at me. All right, I know the word too. Let me spout some back. He's not, he's not a stupid guy. Well, he is kind of stupid because whenever he comes against you, the reality is all he does is push you closer to him. And that to me is kind of stupid. You cause calamity in my life and it pushes me back to God. Whom that's all God wanted in the first place. <laughs> come on back. Come on back. I love you. I love you. I got you. But I had to use him to get you back to me. That's, that's how you know he's stupid. He doesn't even know he's being used <laughs> as a ploy to get you back to God. You go straying off and he goes, I'm going to allow it. And you go, God, I don't know what's going on. I need you, I need you, I need you. He's like, God, I'm glad you finally admitted it. Come on back. My arms are open. But 
In this instance, he gathers information. Oh, they know the word. Okay, let's see if they really know it. And he puts them in a situation where he quotes the word because he knows God is faithful to his word. So watch Jesus' response. And Jesus said to him, for it is written again. And you will have to have an again, for it is written testimony. Because <laughs> Satan is not just going to come one time. He's going to constantly come. Why? Because you have the power to change stuff. So he's going to keep coming. He says, for it is written again that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, for thou shalt not gather information to attack me later. And this is what I love about this statement. I was reading it this morning. Is that here it is. He says, if you be the son of God, and Jesus responds and says, don't forget who your God is. Satan, he's talking to Satan. I'm still your God. <laughs> and don't try to gather information on me. You're a created being. Stay in your lane. You don't get to try to get information on me. I got all the information on you. Don't you tempt me again. <laughs> Satan's disobedient. Because <laughs> we move on. And again, the devil taking him to exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said, I'll give it all to you if you would just fall down and worship me. That means Satan does have some gifts. So you got to be careful. Because just because you got the job doesn't mean it was the one God wanted you to take. Just because you got the certain thing to work out for you doesn't mean he got a few things he can give. And he can, he can, he can have you thinking because you're successful, you're where you're supposed to be. But you could be totally off. I was listening to a message by John Brevere. And he was saying, he saw this vision of heaven. And these people were coming to give an account for their life. And they stepped up. And he said, Tom Jones, businessman, where are the 362,000 souls accounted to you? And he says, Lord, uh, I was a pastor. I thought I was where I was supposed to be. He says, no, you were supposed to be a businessman. And your business was going to be responsible for 362,000 souls. He missed it. The next guy walked up. Bob Lanin, pastor. Where are the 692,000 souls registered to you? But, Lord, I was a businessman. <laughs> I was successful. I made millions. I gave all my money to charities and churches. But you were supposed to be a pastor. 
And your church was going to be responsible for 692,000 souls. What I'm saying to you, church, is success doesn't mean success. Success doesn't equal purpose. It is dangerous to climb up the ladder of success only to find out you're on the wrong building. The devil can give you stuff. That's why you got to be in the book to be sensitive to the voice of God so that you can know this is from God and not from the enemy. Amen? He says, I'll give it all to you, every kingdom. What's baffling to me is that He's offering Jesus what's already his. Remember, in the beginning, there was nothing, and God spoke, and there was everything. And and God said, let us make man. Who, who is he referring to? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So Jesus has been there from the beginning of time. In fact, he's been the word, and then the word became flesh and dwelt among us, incarnated Jesus Christ. So you are trying to offer me what is already mine. Church. The enemy cannot offer you what is already yours. cannot give you what is already yours that is why identity is so vital because if you don't know who you are you don't know what you have and when you don't know what you have Satan can give you something that's already yours the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the cattle upon the thousand hills, the gold and the silver all belongs to him. And guess what? You are his children and you have that inheritance. So he can't offer you the kingdoms of this world because it's already yours. But you've got to know who you are. And Satan, and Jesus said to Satan, get thee behind me. Paraphrase, gone somewhere. Get out of here. I'm tired of dealing with you. You know that I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to worship you. Move around. And then a Bible says, and Satan left him, and the angels came and ministered to him. And in the other version in Luke, it says, and Satan left for a season. So, what I'm telling you, church, is don't shout because you maintain structure through temptation. Temptation is not the attack. 
So don't go, yes, I beat the devil. He was just gathering intel. Getting the information. All right, they know the word. They're strong now. But I'll wait for a more opportune time. I'll wait until they are not in good relationship with their wife or their husband. I'll wait until they lose their job. I'll wait until their child goes to jail. I'll, I'll wait until they get into a car accident. I'll, I'll wait until cancer hits their body. I'll wait. He's waiting for a prime opportunity in your weakness. Because the next time you see Satan come to Jesus, when is it? At Calvary. When Jesus is at his lowest. When Jesus own father God the father has to turn his back on him and for the first time he was without his father that's when he's gonna come he's not gonna come when you have the great victory he's just coming to get information and he only can get what you give him so be sure to give him the word Give him the word. Every time he comes, give him the word. Every time he comes to get that information, give him the word of God. Don't give him the ammunition to shoot you. Because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't kill you, he wants to steal from you. And if he can't steal it, he wants to destroy it. He wants to mess it up. He doesn't want it to work out. He doesn't want it to be successful. That's his resume. It doesn't change. <laughs> he got three qualities. Know that. He's just coming to gather that information against you so he can figure out. And what he does is he plans his attack. It's not... He's not trying to get you to make the big fall. He just wants you to be walking in the will of God. And he just tinks you off a little bit. Not enough to notice it, but now you're off track. And you've been walking 10 years off track. All of the blessings of God are in his will. All of the provision you need, all of the health you need, all of everything that you need is on the path. You ever ran a marathon? Everything you need is on the path. You had the, the ambulance following you. You had the people. <laughs> Hallelujah. In case you pass out. You had the people stand on the side. Go, go, go. And they had water and they toss you water. I mean, everybody's cheering you on, so you got energy to keep running the race as long as you're on the path. But if you get off the path, the provision's not on the path. The ambulance is not on that path. The water, the encouragement, everything you need is not on that path. And so you find yourself running, you're looking around. What is going on? And you by yourself. And that's when he's coming. 
to test you. To see, do you really believe what God said you are? You are a son and a daughter of God. Do you really believe it? So, in closing, I want to say to you, church, when you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you can be led into a wilderness or to a desert or to a dry place. Don't panic. You're still following him. He just has to prove you. Here it is. Jesus has got God's stamp of approval. He goes through temptation. And I want you to, I just want you to hear the next words. It's found in Luke. Because he's getting ready to do ministry. In Luke it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Verse 14 of Luke chapter 4. And Jesus returned in the power of of the spirit into Galilee and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about in other words Jesus got started that temptation is to prove that you are ready for the assignment God has for your life because if you fail the temptation you show that I'm not ready yet. So I got to get strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. A lot of times we just like to go and jump and grab the armor. But you can't just go and grab the armor because it's too heavy for you. Why? Because you're not, you first have to be strong in the Lord so that you can build yourself up to hold up the armor. So, because we don't build ourselves up because we're not strong in the Lord, we only grab pieces of the armor, the sword or the helmet, and we run out to battle, and the devil is just whipping us. <laughs> and we run back, God, I don't know, I had the sword. Yeah, but you didn't have the shield of faith. <laughs> you didn't have the helmet of salvation. You didn't have on the shoes of peace. You didn't have truth girded. <laughs> If you want to know where the devil wants to attack you, look at what God told you to put on. That's where he's attacking. That's why God said put on the, I mean, he said it like four or five times. Put on, therefore, the whole armor, not pieces, the whole armor of God. So that you will be able to withstand the devil and his schemes and his ways his attacks, his temptation, you'll be able to withstand and you'll be able to stand. But you've got to have on the whole armor of God. And in order to put on the whole armor, you've got to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might.
my brother, he, he was in the uh, Army for about 12 years, and he said they showed him the, the uh, Army suit and the backpack, and he got excited, and he went to running to go get it, Pastor, and they about tackled him. He said, you can't touch that. He said, why not? It's mine. It's got my name on it. He said, you're not ready for that. You got to go through six months of boot camp before you can touch that. And so when he went through that six months, he was ready. He put the uniform on. He had the backpack. And he said, Nick, I had to admit, if I'd have grabbed that backpack the first time I saw it, it would have killed me. Because we had to run 10, 12, 15 miles. <laughs> and you got to be in condition for that. Church, I'm telling you, before you go running to get that armor, better spend some time on your knees. Better spend some time in that book, getting yourself spiritually strong. Strengthening your faith. How do you strengthen your faith? By the word. Faith comes by hearing by. That's the only way that faith comes. You can't pray for faith. God, give me the faith. Nope. Because what you're saying to God is, God, I don't I want the byproduct of your word. I don't want to read it and get it in me. I just want the byproduct of it. I don't want to hear your word. I just want you to give me the byproduct of hearing your word. So if you want to increase your faith, you've got to hear. Blessed is the man that hears the word day and night. Be always hearing the word, saying the word. I tell my sons all the time, whenever you read the Bible, never read it to yourself. Always speak the word into the atmosphere because faith comes by. And when you hear it, your faith is strengthened. And when you hear it, you remember it. And when you remember it, when the tempter comes, you got something to say. But Lord, help us if the tempter comes and we got nothing to say. You got to have something to say. You got to have your for it is written ready to go. Amen. God bless you today. We want to extend the invitation to you. You might be in a wilderness right now. And you don't know what to say. I come to tell you today, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. And God has words for you to say. He knows how to shut the enemy down. And so as we prepare, and they get the music ready, won't you stand with us? God has all the information you need to stand against the devil and his temptation 
and his attack. And he wants to reveal it to you. He wants to give it to you. Because, church, you have an assignment. Jesus was baptized and brought up and full of the Holy Spirit and endowed with power so that he could come to church on Sunday and go back home. No. Jesus took that power and turned this world upside down. He poured that power into 12 men. You have an assignment. And I want to tell you that you have God, your Father who is in heaven, who has given you his stamp of approval. You have heaven backing you. It's time to walk out your assignment. Somebody has been holding back. Somebody has not been walking out their assignment. If that is you, I want you to come. If you know you have let the devil tell you things that were a lie. You are not your mistakes. You just made some. You can recover. God can restore. You know who you are. I'm not going to pressure you. I'm not going to belabor the point. Because I want it to be authentic. I want it to be real. I don't want you to do it because you feel pressured. Everybody's looking. I want you to do it because you're tired. You're tired of listening to the lies. You're tired of not fulfilling God's purpose for your life. So I'm going to give you a minute. God wants to fill you with, your, with his Holy Spirit to give you power to do that purpose, that thing that's in your heart, that thing you go to sleep with every night, that thing you wake up with in the morning, that thing that you tell people about all the time, I wish I could do this. I want you to come. another still holding amen come on free yourself He wants to give you his power to walk out his purpose. No better Sunday than Pentecost Sunday where his spirit reigns supreme.
wants to fill us with his spirit. He wants to fill us with his power.
Father, my prayer is this morning that as you seal the word that we've received this morning, I pray that you would allow us to be reminded of who we are. God, it's, we, we pray and ask you to remind us of what we have. But until we know who we are, we don't even know how to use what we have. So this morning, I pray that you would solidify in every person's mind, in their spirit, in their heart. Some have uh, gone a long time since they heard you say who they are, and things have happened in their life that causes them to think that that day is long gone and cannot be established for them, that they've missed the boat, that their window of opportunity is closed. But I pray this morning you would refresh and renew in us an understanding of who we are. And as I prayed over one of our ladies, the call of God is without repentance. We cannot get away from who we are. We can try to ignore it. We can try to cover it up with other things. But, Father, I pray this morning we would be reminded of who we are. This is who we are. And out of that identity, I pray that we would begin to utilize the resources we have at hand. And I pray that we would live up to the mission that you've called us to. I pray that you'd seal this word as because we know the enemy will begin immediately to attack our identity and say, is that really what God said? Is that really who he said you were? I pray that right now, Father, that you would strengthen each and every one of us to stand up against the snare, the attack, the scheme of the enemy, and we would stand firm in our foundation of who we are. This is what you've said about us. And that would cause us to live a victorious and an ordered life. I pray that you would do this and seal this in us in Jesus' name. And everybody that will remember who they are this week, would you say amen before you're seated real quickly? Amen. Would you give the hand, a Lord a hand clap of praise? And thank you, Brother Nick, for bringing the word. And you can be seated for just a moment. Uh, we want to welcome you this morning. Uh, and if you're here for the very first time, we just... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.